finish up this week in our daily Bible readings. We're in Leviticus uh, today. On Saturday, we're in Leviticus 24. We've read about the uh, the sacrifices, the purpose of the sacrifices, the one who offered the sacrifices, the priests being set apart for that work. Um, we've read about the festivals that they're uh, to observe on a regular basis. And now we come to uh, some of the articles that are in the temple itself, an important part of the of the whole temple life of and the, and the um, just the cycle of life for the people of God. In chapter 24, it starts out talking about the lamps. Now, if you remember, we've been reading about in Leviticus quite often about uh, the oils that are brought in and wonder what the oils were for, sometimes so that the, the, um, uh, the sacrifices could be lit on fire and burned easier with the oils. And uh, secondly, we learn here that the oils were used for the lamps, and the lamps obviously being a very, very important part of the temple worship, uh, just as the candles are an important um, uh, object for us. Uh, we don't need candles to light our sanctuary anymore because we have electricity, but we need lights there. Um, and think about it in the temple, too. The temple was was uh, oftentimes shut out from the rest of the world, not many uh, uh, windows or any windows in there. Um, so it needed something to light it up. But but that was all a, kind of an object lesson, a children's lesson, if you will, to remind them as they go into the temple, the darkness of their sin. They might be tricked by that um, outside of the temple and, and living in the world that they do that, um, hey, everything's just fine. Well, the darkness in the temple reminded them, no, everything's not fine. And so, but into that darkness, God sent the light. He sent the light of the world, and God is that light. Think about the the light on top of Mount Sinai when God gives the Ten Commandments to his people. Uh, think about the, the pillar of fire by daytime uh, or by nighttime where God lit the way for them so they knew where they were going. Um, always this picture of light. Uh, think about the darkness on Good Friday, uh, how there was a, a darkness like a, a, even more than an eclipse, like nighttime from noon until three. And think about the brightness of Easter morning when the, when the, um, uh, when the women and, and the disciples come to the tomb um, early in the day as the sun is coming up. And think about uh, God who, in his first day of creation, what's he create? What's the first thing he said? Let there be light. God is all about light. So those lamps, those light reminded of all of those things. And notice that those lamps are to be burning regularly is what it says in verse 2. And we have an object of that in our own sanctuary, and, and maybe you do in yours too. Uh, the eternal flame, sometimes we call it that, that light that's lit all the time, and uh, reminded us the fact that God is with us always, even in the, in the midst of the darkness. That doesn't change at all. Then secondly, we're, we're reminded of the, of the bread of the tabernacle and, and bread being such a key part in the life of the children of Israel. Uh, that's how God fed them with the, literally the bread from heaven called manna, which is Hebrew for what is that? Because at first they didn't recognize it and they saw it in the ground. And it was new to them. It was a gift of God to them when they saw it on the ground. And hence they, came, they stepped out their door and they said manna, which means what is it? Um, and that's this uh, wonderful gift that God gave to them. And of course, uh, we've talked about this before, how manna wasn't about bread. Or it wasn't about food at all, really. It was more about, will you obey God? God said, I'm going to give this to you to test you. If you'll trust me that each day there's going to be just enough there for the day to come. Don't hoard it. Um, things like that. And, and so, uh, so bread being an important part. Obviously, bread, a big part of the Passover meal. Um, bread being the way, again, of God reminding them how he's provided for them. And so in the Passover meal, there's bread. And then obviously for us in the Lord's Supper, uh, the part of the Lord's Supper is that bread too, which Jesus takes and says, this is my body. Then we come to another one of the punishments, but this one's kind of set apart from the other punishments too, because it's a matter of cursing God. 
Um, uh, the man, uh, the example we have right here is, is an Israelite woman's son whose father was an Egyptian, went out and he cursed the Lord. Now, this is more than just, you know, using Jesus' name in a useless uh, uh, or God's name in a senseless kind of way, like the second commandment um, uh, says, but also more than that, actually using the name of God to bring curses upon someone else or curses upon God himself, uh, calling down God's power to use it in a way that God, either in an empty way or in a way that God doesn't intend and because it involves the name of God, which is more than just G-O-D or J-E-S-U-S or L-O-R-D, it's all about who he is. The punishment is capital, and, and they are to put that person to death. Now, you and I can't in any way possible, or at least in many ways, can't relate to this because we don't know the culture of that time. We know our culture. We know how sensitive we are to capital punishment in our culture. Uh, that's, a, that's a different culture there, but also... Remember, God's the author of life, and every single person represents God. And uh, um, to uh, to blaspheme God is uh, has to be punished with the with the strongest form of punishment that we would know of, and that would be to take someone's life. And then ending the chapter with with a practice that we seem seem to think is so barbaric, but actually we practice it yet today, and that is that the punishment ought to match the crime, the severity of the punishment ought to match the severity of the crime. Hence, um, an eye for an eye. It's actually a limitation of what they oftentimes did in, in a barbaric kind of a society where uh, you knock my eye out and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take out both your eyes and maybe your ear too. Um, so actually, uh, instead of it being this barbaric kind of setup, it's actually a limitation that God gave. Jesus quotes it in the New Testament. Um, and then, But he brings up something that we oftentimes miss. And that is what Luther and others called the two kingdoms. In, in the kingdom of the left, the government, their job is to enforce rules, enforce laws, and to mete out punishment. When it comes to that kingdom, then it is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you've heard it said, um, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, um, if someone hurts you, um, you treat them kind in return. Now, that's the kingdom of the right. That's the church. That's how the church works. In, in, the, in, in Christians dealing with one another um, in relationships and, and in marriage and family and with my neighbor, um, I'm, going to, um, I'm going to practice that kind of thing because it, it lets our light shine and people say, hey, you should be doing this back to me, but you're not doing that. What's wrong with you and why would you do that? And we get to share the love of Christ with us. So that's how God has dealt with us. Fortunately, God doesn't deal with us in the way of the kingdom of the left um, if he did, we would all go to hell. But because of what God, because of God's love for us, and because He sent us a Savior in Jesus Christ, now there is grace and there is forgiveness for us, and it's ours by faith. Uh, that that wonderful gift uh, of faith. So uh, just keep that in mind, um, and, and notice again he brings up the issue of capital punishment too, uh, that uh, if we're going to do this according to the severity of the crime, then the severity of the punishment if you take someone's life is for your life to be taken too. Um, but that doesn't mean that person uh, isn't forgiven before God. If they have faith in, in, uh, in God and trust in him, um, there's forgiveness for that as well. Um, so God bless you as you read. Uh, come, come to be in God's house tomorrow if at all possible. Um, do it live stream if, if that's not possible for you. And uh, God bless us as uh, we come at the invitation of God uh, to receive his gifts in worship.